Welcome to Sound Prints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prints for the week of February 5, 2017. ACB affiliates and chapters are now signing up as many members as possible because our membership lists have to be submitted to ACB by March 15. ACB Families holds several informative conference calls each year, as well as a workshop, breakfast, and bingo at the ACB National Convention in July. Families recently had a telephone conference on ways to save money at home. Speak to Me was featured on a holiday-related call last fall, and an accessible games workshop was fun for everyone. At the 2016 ACB Convention, we held a gardening workshop, talked about growing your family tree at our breakfast, and had lots of winners at bingo. ACB families had an early bird membership drive last fall, and Andy Tom of Sacramento and Crystal Platt of Nebraska won $50 Visa cards. You are invited to join families now. Dues are just $8 per person, and everyone who joins by March 1 will be entered into another drawing for a $25 Visa gift card. Make checks payable to ACB families and mail to Adam Rushevel, 148 Vernon, V-E-R-N-O-N Avenue, Louisville, Kentucky, 40206. Be sure to put ACB families on the envelope. Kelly Gask of the ACB Alexandria office posted the following article on leadership and the ACB announce list on February 3. Facebook's image recognition can now tell what you're wearing. Facebook's search tool is about to get way more visual. Director of Applied Machine Learning, Joaquin Candela, published a blog post accompanying his presentation at the Machine Learning Scale event in New York City. He shared updates about Facebook's AI-based image recognition tool. The improvements can home in on photos to the pixel level and will let users search images based on their content, whether or not they've been manually tagged. Quote, Until recently, online search has always been a text-driven technology, even when searching through images, he writes. Whether an image was discoverable was dependent on whether it was sufficiently tagged or had the right Caption until now. End of quote. Advancements in Facebook's computer vision technology and the introduction of new tools will let users make much more targeted image searches. For instance, when you search your old photos, you'll be able to look for images where you're wearing a black shirt or a red dress or where the people in the image are dancing. Facebook's computer vision tools were originally envisioned to help the visually impaired navigate the service, discerning what's in a photo just by scanning it. But today's news shows general Facebook users have a lot to benefit from the feature as well. Crediting a lot of teams for the advancements, Candela wrote that Facebook's general purpose AI platform, FB Learner Flow, is now running 1.2 million AI experiments a month, six times more than it was just a year ago. Built on top of that is Lumos, 
Facebook's specialized platform for image and video understanding. Using Lumos, the network search tool can identify features in images and video automatically. For users, that capability can help pinpoint searches to the exact pick they're looking for. And for Facebook, the automation will make it easier to identify inappropriate content and spam. These systems are also being explored to improve the platform's automatic alt text for photos, which makes the visual aspects of the platform more accessible to the visually impaired. With the new tools, a set of 12 new actions like people dancing have been added to the automatic image description. The Kentucky School for the Blind opened its doors in May of 1842. It's 175 years old. Find out about the 175th anniversary events, including an essay contest for students and adults, complete with cash prizes. It's all on page two. Yes, I know it's winter, but summer will be here before you know it. And with summer comes the 55th annual ACB Conference and Convention. It's in Reno, Nevada, and ACB Convention Coordinator Janet Dickelman joins us on page 3 to talk about convention schedule changes, lots of great food at great prices at the convention hotel, and much more. The Kentucky Council of the Blind receives many calls requesting information, and sometimes the answers to those inquiries are useful to other people in addition to the caller. Find out how you can use your Amazon Echo or Dot to listen to a variety of music and radio stations just by speaking to it. No keyboard needed. We demo several services on page 4. And on page 5 is the Soundprints calendar. Page 2. Paula Penrod is the uh, coordinator of the Kentucky Instructional Materials Resource Center at KSB. Uh, they provide books for students throughout the state of Kentucky and do a number of other things to assist blind and visually impaired students as well. But this morning she's visiting with me on Sound Prints to talk about a year-long celebration at the Kentucky School for the Blind. Uh, this is the school's 175th anniversary and it is an important year for KSB. So welcome, Paula. Thank you. Paula, you have been um, coordinating, spearheading the uh, activities related to the celebration of the 175th anniversary. So um, give us a little insight into what's been going on, and then we're going to chat about a specific program that's just been announced. Well, my committee realizes that there's very few places that can boast being in operation after 175 years. The Kentucky School for the Blind has a very rich history, and we want to use this year to highlight that. So we formed a committee of um, there's some alumni, some staff, and um, some folks from the American Printing House for the Blind that are working on this. And one of the things that we've been doing is every month we are highlighting 25 years of that history and focusing on trivia questions uh, for our students and our staff. 
and um, that's been very enlightening. It is also informing um, students, uh, staff on some of the highlights during those 25-year periods, and uh, we're all learning a lot. And uh, what we have is we pose a question for the kindergarten through fifth grade, middle and high school, and a staff question. And every Wednesday we read it in the morning, and the first person who wins, then they c collect $5. And uh, it's been exciting. Um, and like I said, everyone is learning a lot in that. The other thing that we're um, we're looking forward to doing is having a music night, hopefully in April, which we'll share that information as it comes, highlighting uh, some of the work of our former students and their talents and and our present students if they wish to participate and just have a fun, good time. Um, of course, this will be a special year when we give out the Langen, the Paul J. Langen Distinguished Service Award. We'll be sending out information on that. Uh, we will be celebrating our Founders Day in May, and um, that will be a great time. There's just been so much interest around the 175th anniversary I think um, I think that those trivia questions have really have really um, increased the interest at KSB in its history and um, it's kind of fun coming up with with the information for each of the each of the different eras each month it's a different emphasis so um, I know that uh, um, you know, I've heard people talking, looking for for uh, questions, and you know, y'all really searching it out, researching it to come up with good questions for the for the um, students and the staff that relate to the the era that's being highlighted each each month. the The committee has announced an essay contest, and this essay contest is not just a student-staff activity. It's an activity that's open to anyone. So tell us about the essay contest. OK, the essay contest runs um, February 1st through March 31st. And um, we have three categories, elementary, K through 5, middle, high school, 6 through 12, and adult. It is open to any student or adult uh, statewide. The prizes per category, first place 200, second place 100, and third place 75. And we have topics for each level. For the elementary level, their topic is what I like about KSB. And why that is important is if an elementary student has has attended KSB full-time, has come through the short-term program, or been on our campus for Junior Olympics, or um, Bill Roby Games, or um, our Braille Carnival, or our Regional Braille Challenge, anything, then they 
you know, have that opportunity. If it is a student um, that has just been on our campus uh, as a visitor and there's something that they like about KSB, they can um, write that and submit it. So I think that's the beauty of it. Anybody who is, has a connection with KSB can participate. Mm -hmm. For our middle and high school, the topic is uh, to write on the history of a person for whom a KSB building or room is named for or for whom a campus tree was planted in their honor. And this morning I just posted a list on our um, our homepage that contains the list of all these uh, the names of the people so that uh, um, everyone knows who they can write about. Mm -hmm. um, the adult topic is how my experience at KSB has influenced my life. And uh, the winners will be announced in May at our Founders Day celebration. Um, entries can be uh, submitted to me. Uh, I will accept regular print, large print, digital format, or braille. Um, the essay should be at least 150 words or less. Um, it should contain a cover sheet with a writer's name, address, phone number, and email address. If it is a student, then that should also contain the name of the school that they are uh, currently attending. And um, we want everyone to know that all submissions may be used in uh, future KSB publications and or research. Okay, and, and that brings up um, another, another question. Um, we're getting together all of this information this year, uh, so it, it's kind of little snippets and bits of information that relate to the school. Um, what, what, is, is, what will happen to uh, some of the information, or are there plans for there to be further historical kinds of activities um, that relate to the information that's obtained through all of this? this 175th effort? Well, one thing that we want to do with all the submissions is we want to combine them in a booklet form and, and have that. But the other thing that the committee has been really talking uh, strong about and we're wanting to pursue is to have someone uh, write a total history of uh, KSB. Mm -hmm. uh, we have some committee members looking for writers, and uh, we're, you know, we will pursue funding. But we realize that, you know, while we have pieces here and there, it would be wonderful if we could all tie it in and have a book about the history of KSB. Mm -hmm. And there have been a couple of things written in the past, but they're way out of date. I mean, they're, yes. they're great for the time periods they cover, but I think one stops, what, 1936 or something like that. Yes. And there really hasn't been any um, any updating done in years and years and years as far as a formal document, formal 
piece of information. And at our first meeting that was held in October, that was uh, the committee all agreed that out of anything that that's what we would really like to pursue. And um, we're working on that. That is a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's go over one more time how people can submit essays and where they should be sent to and the deadlines and just the, the, the specifics on that, okay. uh, especially on the uh, essay for the essays for adults and uh, um, and then we'll also, if you if you don't mind, give your phone number where they could maybe contact you and email for more information. Okay. Um, the essay should be submitted to me, Paula Penrod, the Kentucky School for the Blind, 1867 Frankfurt Avenue, Louisville, 40206. My phone number is 502 897-1583, extension 7117, uh, and my email address is paula.penrod, P-E-N-R-O-D, at ksb.kyschools.us. You can email um, your submission or you can uh, provide it in regular print, large print, digital format, or Braille, and mail it to me. Or you can fax it to me at 502-897-8737. Okay, now one other quick question, Paula. Um, the, it, this, this is open to to anyone who has had um, some experience with KSB, whether they, I'm speaking now of the adult contest, whether they attended KSB as a student or were in some other way influenced by KSB. Is the contest open only to Kentuckians, people who currently live in Kentucky, or can individuals who have been touched by KSB but who are now living in other places, can they also enter the contest? They can also enter the contest. Okay. I was just looking over the uh, essay form, and uh, there's nothing in there that's limited. We do realize that um, alumni often move out of state, mm -hmm. and uh, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate very much you spending some time with us today and talking about this. And um, we, if you don't mind, would like to have you back when we get closer into the music extravaganza. And um, also, if there's other uh, other activities that need to be publicized that would benefit from being publicized please feel free to contact us and we'll be glad to to help with that okay thank you very much and uh, everybody get your pens your braille writers out and submit those um, essays all right we hope we have lots to choose from thank you find books and more in accessible media with aph's free of charge louis database http colon slash slash l o u i s dot a p h dot org
locate accessible educational materials from nearly 200 different agencies. APH products and textbooks can also be located using Louie. New extended searching now available with free Louie Plus. Visit soon. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot A-P-H dot org. Many book materials help Braille users jot notes quickly. Pull APH's mini-book Braille binder out of your pocket and begin to write on the mini-book slate in just seconds. Materials are sold separately so that you can choose the combination that's right for you. Call the American Printing House for the Blind, toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit www.aph.org. Page 3. Janet Dickelman is the ACB Convention Coordinator for the what, fifth or sixth year in a row now. I think it's six. And is it six? I think so. I think so. And she is hard at work coordinating the plans for the upcoming convention in July this year in Reno, Nevada. Welcome, Janet. Thank you very much for having me, Carla. I can't believe we're already into February and we're starting to think about convention. And the other night I had a conference call with the planning committee, which is represented by a member of every ACB affiliate and every committee that will be planning programming. And all of our committees and affiliates are working at uh, getting some great programming for you again this year. Uh, we'll be having information about that in our convention previews and in the Braille Forum in the months to come. Um, but I want to talk a little bit today about the convention. And just the, um, you've probably heard, or some of you may have heard, that the convention is moving. Literally, things are moving a day forward. So this year, the convention will begin on Friday, July, January, June. Oh, my goodness, I'm sorry. <laughs> June 30th. All those J months confuse me, apparently. I guess so. <laughs> With our first tours. However, and that's pretty standard. However, on Saturday, July 1st, we <laughs> will have our opening session Saturday evening rather than on Sunday evening. So general session will be Saturday evening, July 1st. Then we will have morning sessions Sunday through Wednesday the 5th. And we will have our all-day session on Thursday the 6th, followed by our banquet that Thursday evening. And then our final tour on July 7th. So as you can see, things are moving up a day. <laughs> and then affiliate committee programming will begin on Saturday the 1st. And our exhibit hall will also, exhibit hall is not changing. That will open on Saturday the 1st and run through Wednesday the 5th. Okay. And so there will be some changes, some additional changes that people have been asking about. For example, I think, is the auction moving? The auction, yes. We are moving the auction to Monday evening the 3rd. And one of the reasons we're doing that is on Tuesday the 4th, the Nugget has a very large festival right outside the front doors of the hotel. Mm -hmm. And it is a large food vendors and craft vendors and music and a big fireworks display on Tuesday evening. So we thought having that up against the auction might be a little problematic. So we've moved the auction to Monday. And the other great thing about that is all the vendors will still be in town, so they can uh, participate in our auction too. And then we are having the showcase on 
Tuesday evening, and that'll be done just before the fireworks show starts. So you can go to the auction and then walk right out the front door and enjoy the fireworks if you'd like. Now, will the um, will the showcase begin early on Tuesday? I am working on the show with uh, friends and art about <laughs> that, and with the hotel, and we are working on getting. In 2011, we had the showcase in the showroom at the hotel. Yes, we and did. That was mm -hmm. very cool. It was, you know, you were you were in a showroom like a professional show would be, with the the seating and the stage, and that was wonderful. And, and the we'll sound was wonderful this year. And mm -hmm. I have suggested to Fia that they might want to start the showcase a little early. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. So, and um, as far as the affiliates and the committees, most of them are moving their um, dates up a day. Mm -hmm. A couple of things are, are staying the same. And all that information is going to be in the pre-registration and in the program. And, of course, I'll be sending out information as I receive it. Sure, sure. Okay. And so um, if people want to to keep up on all the latest things convention, how should they do that? People want to keep up on the latest, and you have email. If you were on the convention list in the past, I have a convention list, the ACB convention list, and I post. I've already started to post a few convention previews, just some bits of information about uh, the upcoming convention. If you were on that list in previous years, you don't have to subscribe again. However, if you are not, just send an email to a blank email. Don't put anything in the subject. Don't put anything in the body. And it's just acbconvention-subscribe at acblist. So acblists dot org. Mm -hmm. And you will get a confirmation email that you've been subscribed to the list. And especially the beginning of April, I'll start sending out pretty much daily, couple daily, every other day information, and as the convention draws near, I'll be sending things out every day, and this is where I will post all the menus for the restaurants, and I will post all the hotel information, and the local businesses, so it's a great list to be on. And of course, if you don't want to read my messages, you can <laughs> Right. That is not the list to be on if you don't want to read those messages. That's right. Right. But I try to keep it. I try not to send right. a ton of messages right. every day. Right. With the exception of the day that I post the menus. And then I send out a message to everyone saying, today's the day. Mm -hmm. Be ready. I'm going to be posting all the hotel menu information. So. And this year there's quite a bit. This year there is. A, the hotel has quite a few restaurants. Um, for those of you who were in Reno in 2011, the beloved Rosie's is still there. And still has those great prices. It does. Rosie's, I mean, you can get breakfast there for just a few dollars. And dinner, lunches are 10 or under. Mm -hmm. Dinners are very reasonable. I mean, it, it's it's amazing. What you can eat dinner, does. you know, you, you can easily eat dinner for, um, you know, 11 Ten, eleven to fifteen dollars yep. in Rosie's, and and people are saying, well, you know, that's a lot for dinner. No, it's thing, not. Not in a hotel. No, no, you can't find that anywhere. Right. So I think these are very good deals. They also have the rotisserie buffet, mm -hmm. which is very 
reasonable. I, I think that its hours are expanded from two thousand. They are open for lunch now, and they weren't before. That's what I was thinking, and and at lunchtime, I think that buffet is like ten dollars nine ninety five. It is. Yeah. It is, and then it's a little more expensive on the weekend, around twenty. But it's during the evening. Yeah, the evening is like twelve, fourteen dollars, and each each night they have a different theme. Oh. Yeah. They'll have Italian, or they'll have mm -hmm. uh, Mexican, and they also have a lot of you know standard food too. So it's. it's very, very reasonable. Mm -hmm. um, well, I will tell you, when we were there in the fall, we ate at Rosie's exclusively because they had so many choices, first of all. They were so reasonable, secondly. And um, it, it was, I mean, you had so much food. One night I got lasagna, and they had a, it was great lasagna. I didn't think anybody had lasagna that was any better than there's a little restaurant close to us here in Louisville called Clifton Pizza, and they have fabulous lasagna. Well, the Rosie's lasagna was better than Clifton Pizza lasagna, and and it was cheaper than Clifton Pizza lasagna, yep. and it was big enough for two meals. I mean, hearty, two hearty meals. I mean, you, you had to be a huge eater. To, to eat all of that lasagna at one time. It was an enormous amount of food. So I had two meals for my, whatever, 11 bucks, 11 12 bucks. Yes, so it's, yeah. it's very reasonable. The other uh, place that was there before is Noodle Hut, mm -hmm. and that is a uh, pickup kind of cash and carry. It's not restaurant serve, although they, I recall last year they would bring your orders to you. Um, and they have a lot of oriental dishes, and they've now started serving sushi at Noodle Hut, too, for anybody who likes sushi. Mm -hmm. And their prices are very reasonable. Mm -hmm. And while I was there this fall, I went to the Oyster Bar, mm -hmm. which is another restaurant at the uh, Nugget, and I had a bowl of jambalaya, and it was absolutely delicious, and it was huge. I mean... I hadn't eaten much all day, otherwise I would have saved a lot of it. But, I mean, it was as big as my head, practically, this bowl. Goodness. And it was absolutely delicious, and it was $10. Mm -hmm. Well, so, and then they, they also, the other side of the dining coin, they also have a steakhouse in the hotel, yes. don't they? And the steakhouse prices are steakhouse prices. Mm -hmm. But they're really, you can get a great entree there for under $30. Mm -hmm. So if you want a nice meal, you know, that's the place to go. Right. They also just put in Gilly's Bar uh, with the mechanical bull. Oh, really? Yep, from uh, from Texas fame. Okay. And uh, they have, it's, it's a very, very loud atmosphere. They have uh, the uh, waitresses in there and waiters in their cowboy garb, and the women are, you know, dressed a little... <laughs> provocatively shall we say so, it is reno <laughs> it is reno the gentlemen in my group were very interested in the attire of the women but um and that's a little more spendy too but it's kind of an event type place right you know right. you, you want to go there and i think our dinner was i had some salmon that was really good and it was around 15 dollars for the salmon and then you throw in a couple of cocktails and of course that brings it up a little bit sure but, it was, um, you know, not terribly expensive. Right. But it's only it's only open on the weekend, and that's the kind of place you definitely, that and our steakhouse, 
right. uh, you definitely need to make reservations for. Okay, and then there's also a Starbucks. There's a Starbucks, yes, there is. And then there is Tailgate Deli, mm-hmm. and they have sandwiches and soups and salads, and they're open in the morning um, until late at night also. Yeah, now Rosie's... room service. Yeah, and the Rosie's is 24 hours. Rosie's is 24 hours, right. yes. Yeah, when we were there in the fall, we had an early flight. Uh, I think we left Reno to come home around 6.30, and we went to Rosie's at 3 a.m. and had breakfast. And Yeah, they have a breakfast special oh, yeah. in the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, and it, and it was terrific. I mean, yep. you know, eggs and hash browns, and it was and very good. And they're all prepared for us. They'll, you know, they'll have the Braille and large print menus, of course, and mm-hmm. I'll get those menus electronically to people on the email list Mm -hmm. and uh, Vicki will have them at the information desk to download or braille and print Mm -hmm. so um, and there's also there is a little area just a couple blocks from the hotel called Victorian Square Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of restaurants and shops too so if you can't find something to eat in Reno at a reasonable price you have a problem right right um also, Janet, there is in Nevada, there's a resort fee on rooms. But there. tell us about the what's included in that resort fee and how that's covered in our room. All right, this is all part of your hotel charge, which the roommate is eighty nine dollars a night, and we'll go over that in a moment. Um, but if we were able to get the resort fee, which is normally 10 or $15 a night, added into our negotiated rate. So the resort fee includes, and this, is, this to me is the biggie, round-trip shuttle to and from the airport. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had to take a taxi, mm-hmm. that's going to be 30 or $40 each way, or if you had to take airport shuttle. So this is a really good deal. I think, like 15, I think it's like fifteen. I think it's like fifteen dollars. Yeah, from the airport, right? Mm-hmm. So this is saving you a lot of money right, right there, and it's part of your room. Right, because we took an Uber. Um, the shuttle didn't quite fit our timing, and the the winter shuttle schedule didn't quite right, fit our but timing. Right, in the, in the yeah. summer the shuttle runs every half hour. And right, starts at four thirty a.m. Right, and and our Uber was about fifteen dollars, so that's a really good deal to get that included. It okay, is. and so what is. else is in that? Uh, it's uh, Complimentary wireless internet in the guest rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, daily complimentary bottled water, two bottles per room per day. Okay. And that, you know, that saves you. That is significant. Yes. In a is. hotel. Just remember, though, if you're sharing a room, it's not $2, two bottles per person. It's two do- bottles per room per day. Good point. Um, unlimited use of the atrium pool unlimited use of the fitness center and they have a very nice fitness center there for those of you who enjoy uh, are into exercise and a lovely pool uh full service concierge um valet and self-parking in the secured parking structure mm-hmm. so there's a lot of things uh, that are in the resort fee that will really help us especially the free internet and the bottled water and the uh Airport. Airport shuttle. Mm-hmm. Right. And and for anyone who um, who driving. drives, um, any anyone who, when they get there, has someone who's going to rent a car or right. whatever, free parking. that free parking is a big deal, too, because parking today at hotels can be as much as 15 20 bucks a night. Right. So, so 
So those are good deals. And yes. that is included in the hotel room. Yes. In our in our, in our rate, our which rate. normally does not happen. Eighty nine dollars. Right. And eighty nine dollars is for single or double occupancy. Mm-hmm. If you want to have a third or a fourth person in your room, and you can only have up to four people in your room, which makes sense, mm-hmm. it is an additional ten dollars a night per person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the eighty-nine is for up to two people. That's pretty standard as well. And the room tax is thirteen point five percent, which isn't. And then there is also the tax you can kind of look at as being 15.5%, actually, because there is also a 2% room tourism tax that's added to each room, and that is a state thing that was instituted in June of 2016. And when I saw that, um, that hadn't been on our initial contract, and when I saw that, I said, wait a minute, we don't have to pay this tourism fee and the hotel said, sorry, this is a state law, and there's nothing we can do about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you basically look at the tax that it's about 15.5%. However, I was just at a hotel, and their tax was about around that. Yes. That, that's a pretty... So that's pretty standard. That's a pretty standard that, amount right? these days. Right. For taxes, yeah. Yep. So, all right. Well, it looks like it's going to be a great convention I registration. Think so. And to make oh. your room reservation, okay. uh, we have a link on our website to uh, link to the Nugget. Or you can also call the Nugget, and their phone number is 800 648 1177. And ask for group code G. ACB, G for group, ACB 17. Okay, G, ACB. I think if you're with the ACB convention, you'll probably get, no, mm-hmm. have no problem, but the mm-hmm. group code is G, ACB 17. 17, okay, all right. And registration will open in registration May? Registration will open uh, May 24th. Online? Online or, or by via phone. telephone. Mm-hmm, Okay. And again, we'll have our telephone registration people. And as it gets a little closer to registration, I'll be happy to come on and talk about that. And I'll be happy to come back and talk about tours if you'd like. Oh, people are always interested in the tours, and um, it gives it gives a, a special opportunity for people to visit places that they otherwise that could not. I did a the... tour overview in the January ACB Braille Forum. Okay. All right, so everybody check their January forums. January forum, and Mm -hmm. it'll tell you all about the tours. Okay. Well, thank you, Janet. We appreciate you you taking time. I always enjoy being on Soundprints. Thanks. Page four. Last summer, Peggy Peake, a life member of the Kentucky Council of the Blind, moved to Texas to live with her daughter. When she moved... Peggy was trying to decide if she wanted an Amazon Echo or an iPhone, and Brian Charlson and I did the Alexa versus Siri feature here on Soundprints in response to her question. This week, Peggy called to say she is sure enjoying her Echo because she can listen to some of the local stations from here in Louisville, keep up with what's going on, and do many other things with it as well. But Peggy wanted to know two things. How could she listen to old-time radio on the Echo? And how could she listen to the University of Louisville basketball games? 
Here are answers to her questions, and I think they may be helpful to many of you as well. I'm going to demonstrate a couple of programs on Alexa and then give you a list of some resources. There are a number of skills on the Amazon Echo or Tap or Dot that will let you do many different things. These skills are equivalent to the iPhone apps. First, let's begin by playing some music on the Echo or on the Dot. I'm using an Echo Dot for the demonstration right now. First of all, let's play some music on the Amazon Echo line. I'm using a dot today, but the same principles apply to the Echo. You can use Pandora to play a wide range of music on your dot or Echo. You do need to have an account and have the Pandora app on your phone, but you don't have to have the paid version. Pandora has two options. The free version will let you hear a commercial every now and then, and the uh, for pay version removes the commercials and lets you have unlimited skips or uh, thumbs down or whatever. So we're just going to demonstrate a basic Pandora here. When you set up your Pandora, uh, you will have to tell the dot to enable it. So you would just say uh, her name, and we're not going to do it right now because we don't want to wake it up and you'd say enable Pandora. It would tell you that you need to go to your app for the Echo and link it to your account. That's a very simple process and it is very very accessible. Uh, if you're not using an iPhone or an Android you might have someone assist you with that. It can also be done on a computer. Okay, so let's assume we have and uh, Pandora enabled. I'm going to ask it to play some 90's country. Alexa, play 90's Country on Pandora. Getting your country station from Pandora. 90's Country Radio. Alexa, stop. Alexa, Play Beatles on Pandora. Should I add the Beatles station to your Pandora account? Yes. Okay, I've added it. Here it is. Hey Jude, don't make it Alexa, stop. Now, I could have told her next. Or I could have let it play. I could have told her to get louder or softer. So... You have a lot of options there, and it will not just play the artist you ask for. It will mix in other similar uh, music as well into your station. You can, you can request all kinds of different artists. Let's see here. Alexa, play Bill Monroe on Pandora. Should I add Bill Monroe's station to your Pandora account? Yes. Okay, I've added it. Here it is. All right, Alexa, stop. You can see that Alexa, stop. You can see that her reaction time is pretty quick. Sometimes you have to tell her something twice 
Um, she sometimes chooses not to listen, uh, but um, for the most part, she's pretty good. Now, Peggy's question had to do with could she listen to the University of Louisville basketball game? And the answer is yes. We're going to use a different skill. And part of your echo or dot will allow you to use either TuneIn Radio or iHeartRadio to listen to stations. So you can listen to them in your local area or you can listen to stations across the country. The University of Louisville is heard on either WHAS Radio here in Louisville or WKRD. And those are both iHeartMedia stations. So to request one, of course it won't be on right now, but I would say, Alexa, play WKRD Radio on iHeartMedia. Country Network WKRD from TuneIn. No. no, we're back on WKRD. Happy Friday. We're in a minute to the top of the hour right now. It's Kitty Chesney and Dave Matthews. No, nope, that's not the it's right one. Alexa, network. stop. Alexa, play WHAS radio on iHeartMedia. 840 WHAS from iHeartRadio. Close to retirement or already in retirement? I think it had to do with the fact that as brokers, because John and I Alexa, came in stop. late night. Okay, so you can pull up a radio station so long as it is an iHeartMedia station. You give the call letters and it should confirm with the um, number of the station on the dial. Uh, yesterday I was able to listen to... Uh, the University of Kentucky basketball game and the University of Louisville basketball games on WHAS because they were on at different times. Now, let's check out TuneIn Radio. TuneIn's a little different. It not only has radio stations, uh, you can ask for it by genre, but you can ask for uh, TuneIn by uh, going into the TuneIn app on your phone, searching for different types of stations and then asking specifically for them. Peggy had asked specifically for old-time radio, so we're going to check out some of those. I did a search in the TuneIn Radio app, and I'm sure you could do this online as well, for old-time radio, and here are some things that I found. First of all, Alexa, play By Golly Radio on TuneIn. By Golly Old-time Radio on TuneIn. Alexa, stop. That station is spelled B-Y-G-O-L-L-Y radio. By golly, old time radio. And its caption says, Classic Entertainment from the Golden Age of Radio. Then there's Hank's Old Time Radio. H-A-N-K apostrophe S. Hank's Old Time Radio and it just says U.S. So, Alexa, play Hank's Old Time Radio on TuneIn. Hank's Old Time Radio on TuneIn. Well, Sal, all I need is ten minutes alone with him. We fellows of the sea have a language all our own. And in this language you will bring me the whereabouts of Johnny Norman? That too. And Alexa, stop. Alexa, play Conyers Old Time Radio on TuneIn. Conyers Old Time Radio on TuneIn. 
Lovely. Yes, Edith. Why, you don't know what you're saying. You had to kill him. Love you. I hate you. I hate you. What? Alexa, stop. I hate that is spelled C-O-N-Y-E-R-S. And the caption says, Streaming all-time radio programs and music from the 30s and 40s. Then, Alexa, play All-Time Radio USA on TuneIn. Old-Time Radio USA from TuneIn. Sort of antique, doesn't it? Sure does. Oh, look, it says something around here. Yeah. Can you make it out? Alexa, stop. Don't. There's also Old Time Radio Fan, F A N, Old Time Radio Fan, and Old Time Radio 1610. That one says drama, adventure, comedy, mystery, sci fi, and more. That one is Old Time Radio 1610. So there's a lot to choose from. You can pull up similar searches on many other areas, and we hope that you find this useful. If you have questions, or if you would like for us to do features on other types of skills or apps for the iPhone or whatever, give us a phone call at 502-895-4598, and we'll be happy to try to help. Page 5, The Sound Prince Calendar. February 7, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold a conference call meeting at 8 p.m. on the conference line. The phone number is 605-475-6006 and the access code is 294444. On February 9, the Low Vision group will hold a support group meeting from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries on State Street in Louisville. For more information, call KCB at 502-895-4598. February 9 is the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind Meeting at 7 p.m. by conference call at 605-475-4700. The code is 155619. For more information about NKCB, call Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369. February 10 is the GLCB Roundabout, which will include bingo after dinner. The schedule is Braille, 3.30 to 5, discussion time, 5 to 6, dinner at 6, $5 per person, bingo, $2 per person at 7, and also cards will be available at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Sign up by calling KCB at 502-895-4598. On February 11, there will be a crafting with tactile valentines and gifts and cards from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the American Printing House for the Blind. The guest instructor will be Indiana artist Peggy Mastropolo, and you will learn how to use unique tools and techniques to craft cards or gifts for your valentine from tactile materials. For more information, call the APH Museum at 502-899-2213. February 11 is also the GLCB board meeting on the conference line at 11 a.m. 605-475-6006, intercode 294444. 
On February 12, KCB Next Generation will have its conference call meeting at 8 p.m. on the same conference line, 475-6006, code 294444. Also on February 12, ACB Families will have a business meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern at 712-432-3900, enter code 796096. This is a nationwide meeting as ACB Families is a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. On February 13, the Kentucky School for the Blind Advisory Board will hold a meeting at 11.30 a.m. on the campus of the Kentucky School for the Blind. For more information, call 502-897-1583. On February 14, it's Happy Valentine's Day. Also, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, Savvy, will have their monthly meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church in Owensboro. Share information, pay annual dues, play games, and enjoy pizza and beverages at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170 for more information. February 16 is the Kentucky Regional Braille Challenge beginning at 9 a.m. at the Kentucky School for the Blind. This is a regional competition for all Kentucky students who are Braille readers and students competing on grade level will have a chance to win a trip to the National Braille Challenge in Los Angeles, California in June. For more information, contact the Kentucky School for the Blind at 502-897-1583. On February 17, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold Roundabout and its quarterly meeting. Education and technology will take place from 3.30 to 4.45. The bargain table will open at 4.45. The speaker program and dinner and the business meeting will begin at 5.15. All events will end around 8.30. So make your return rides for 8.45 or later. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, call 502-895-4598 for more information. On February 19, the KCB Next Generation invites everyone to their Sunday brunch, 12.30 to 2.30 p.m. at the North End Cafe, 1722 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. For information and to let them know you're coming, call 502-750-1774. On February 19, the KSB Alumni will hold its next board meeting at 8 p.m., by phone on the conference line at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. And the Kentucky Council of the Blind board meeting will be the next evening, February 20, at 7.30 p.m. on the same conference line. On February 22, the Bluegrass Council will have its peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. For RSVP and information, call them at 859-259-1834. On February 24, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout will be from 3.30 to 10, and discussion time will include a new book club activity from the Tri-State Library users. 
The topic will be resources for downloading books presented by Deb Trevino. February 25 to 28 is the 2017 ACB Mid-Year Meeting and Legislative Seminar in Alexandria, Virginia. Call the ACB National Office at 202-467-5081 or 800-424-8666 for more information and to sign up. On February 27, the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will hold its next membership conference call at 7 p.m. The Phone number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. This is open to all individuals who are interested in guide dogs, who have a guide dog, or who need support concerning guide dog issues. On March 2, the American Council of Blind Lions, an ACB special interest group, will have its next call at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The number is 712-432-3900 and the code is 796096. On March 3, the GLCB Roundabout will meet from 3.30 to 10 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries. For more information, call KCB at 502-895-4598. On March 5, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its committee meetings on the conference line Advocacy at 7 p.m., Education and Technology at 8 p.m., and Activities at 9 p.m. The number is 605-475-6006, and the code is 294444. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598, or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prince. Have a great week, everybody.